0: Welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us this week with your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine speech Listeners, we are in the middle of coronavirus apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, It is the week of St. Patrick's Day. We're recording um, on St. Patrick's Day, actually, and you know, over the last week, we've all witnessed the same thing. We're just watching markets crumbling, um, you know, people being quarantined and mass, um, obviously there's no toilet paper left in the land. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, you know, we thought that this would be a good time for us to take a look, um, at how coronavirus is affecting agriculture, specifically from the millennial standpoint. So, um, with that, Val. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to
1: have a very special guest on this week. Somebody that is experiencing experiencing firsthand what has kind of happened in the market situation uh, with the coronavirus. We have Mr. Patrick Linell uh, with us today. He is an analyst at Cattle Facts. I met him at Colorado State Go Rams, um, where he got his animal science and ag business undergrad, and then went. On to later get his ag economics masters as well. So with that, I'll let Patrick um, introduce himself a little more. Tell him about tell us about his background and kind of what his role is at Cattle
2: Yeah, well, thanks again for having me, Valine and Catherine. Um, I mean, first things first, go Rams, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Cattle um I'm a market analyst here, and um, <clears throat> mainly what that means and what we do is really just trying to give people the information that they need to make informed business decisions and, you know, navigate these, these volatile markets and these uncertain times, which, um, you know, compared to just a few weeks ago, my job has gotten exponentially tougher. (laughs) 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 Um, but that's, that's mainly what we do. Um, me personally, I do cover, um, our cow, calf and stalker um, customer base in the North Plains and the West. Um, working with those people in particular, um, as well as some of our feed plots um, that we work with.
1: So I guess we'll just dive right into some of the the questions that everybody's been asking. You know, we've seen seen the freak out of the markets and the tank and some of the markets um, all across the board and the Dow Jones and some of that. But that's also affecting agriculture as well. And some of the prices, specifically cattle and dairy markets, um, all across... All across the board and how how are you guys specifically seeing these drops and reactions happening and are they gonna last
2: yeah no that's a that's a really good question and I mean I think that's that's really what it comes down to is you know I mean how far is it go and how long is it going to last um, yeah, and and I think a big portion of it is um, you know really uh, it's kind of how cattle have just been so tied to the, the equity markets um, because it's just been simply a risk off type of environment where, you know, nobody knows what, what's going to happen. So they just want to sell everything. Yeah. That's been happening, you know, in stocks, you've seen where, you know, we've finally ended the 11 year bull run um, from stocks and, you know, broken down 25% um yeah which i think you know just don't take a look at your 401k right now <laughs> uh, as, far as that goes. but you know it just goes to show that yeah n- nobody knows where prices are going um and so it's been a, just a very risk off environment
1: can you but, explain for our listeners that don't know kind of what the bull run is and what the last 11 years have kind of been looking like for for all the stock markets but especially agriculture
2: yeah Yeah, no. So, you know, since we came out of the Great Recession, um, you know, we've continued to set new highs, you know, year after year, you know, in terms of the stock market. And, you know, so these kind of drops that we've seen are kind of normal historically, but it's just something we haven't seen in the last 11 years um, because we've been going up for the longest time on record, that 11-year bull run um, that we've had
0: so for millennials patrick i mean 11 years ago the tail end of millennials were which is us me and valine were um in high school um just headed into college and like you said we've had 11 pretty good years since then is there something um that we can compare this to to help to help us understand a little bit better what we're seeing right now something that you know about or have heard about in the past
2: yeah you know I mean, as a millennial myself, and just thinking about things that we've experienced, no, honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there's nothing that we've really experienced that's that's been a drop like this, um, aside from, yeah, the the Great Pre- or the Great Recession. But um, you know, I- is it going to become another Great Recession? Um, you know, at this point, who knows? But um, I think most people's bias would be no. Um, you know even if it is a recession that you know trying to think about what what we can compare it to um you yeah, really nothing in our lifetimes, which just makes it you know such a interesting and you know tough tough thing to navigate for people like us
0: yeah, just a complete unknown so i my question is how how does something like coronavirus, which is not directly related to agriculture um or Wall Street for that matter, why does something like this affect markets um, and specifically ag markets so so hard?
2: Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good question. I mean, yeah, so I think really what it comes down to is um, and why in particular it's hit cattle so hard is it's affected perishable goods a lot. Yeah, and you've seen, you know, <clears throat> because, you know, cattle with our production systems and any other perishable good, there's a schedule and you can't just keep those, you know, whether it's milk or eggs or cattle or hogs, you know, they, they have to market. And so the question is, is, is the demand going to be there? You know, when we look two, three months down the road um, to meet that supply that's you know already baked into the cake. And um, so that's why we've seen, you know, really it's been perishables that have been affected more than anything else. And, and and I think another portion on why it's cattle is because um, as you think about it, beef is kind of a luxury good. Um, You know, it's the highest price protein. Um, You know, as you look at beef, pork and poultry, it's the highest price of the three. And if you're going to go out to, you know, a nice steakhouse and, you know, whether it's a business or, you know, it's date night or whatever it might be, you're not going to, you know, go sit down and, you know, order a yeah, chicken sandwich, are you? <laughs> You're going to order a steak. And so that's why I think, yeah. there's been so much panic and you know, so much selling in the beef markets, And also, you know, if you think about, who knows how this is going to affect, you know, the economy, but when, you know, when Wall Street starts to affect Main Street and starts to hurt people's incomes and do things like that, you know, that's where I think, you know, that's I think what we're anticipating or what the futures at least when you you know see these huge drops that's what it's anticipating is you know who knows if it's going to happen but that's what the futures are pricing in yeah the chance that you know we see incomes come down and you know we see uh, we see spending declines
1: well and it's I think for me specifically just just not knowing whether I could be coming back to work tomorrow or be working from home or yeah. you know being able to go to the grocery store and get the veggies i need or the toilet paper i need and just just the unknown and unsettlingness i think across the board is kind of what you're talking about in the stock market too nobody nobody in any job any sector of agriculture right now knows where we're going and it's yeah it's a little frightening and fearful but how do you how do you see us react or maybe not reacting to the unknown but just continuing to chug along and ride this out
2: no i think yeah that's exactly what we need to do because yeah i mean really aside from if we i mean we as ag producers or we as just consumers if there's a few ways that we can tighten our waistbands a little bit and you know buckle down sure but at the end of the day, you know, 15 minutes of news is enough, you know, <laughs> because otherwise it'll just keep you up all night, you know, and, and not learning anything new. Um,
0: a really important point there is that I guess something that surprised me about this whole pandemic is how how much emotion drives drives markets is driving the economy right now and is is driving decisions from from everybody and is I mean. I don't know. How, how do we, how do we counteract that? Can we counteract that? Or is it just, you know, mass hysteria and we just have to deal with the fallout from there? What do you think about that, Patrick? Um,
2: That's a, that's a good (laughs) point. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there really is not a whole lot that you can do other than, you know, just try to keep living your lives, you know, as, as much as you can. Um yeah because so much of it is emotion driven and you know because everybody's you know i mean in this global era we haven't seen we haven't seen a pandemic like this in the global era right. um, i mean we haven't you know the was it the 1917 1918 spanish flu mm-hmm. you know it was yeah you know, is the comparison that they're making and we're such a different world than then so nobody really knows Um, but, you know, I don't think, I don't think the end of the world is coming in the next three weeks. So (laughs) I think if you can find something else to do then, you know, and enjoy your time, I think it does us all a lot of good.
0: Well, that's, that's a good thing to hear and encouraging to hear too, from, from someone who, who watches markets like you do. Um, you know, good to hear from another quarter and especially one that's not necessarily social media or the, the general news media, you know, we can all just, Buck up together and, um, man, calm down yeah. a little
2: bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know and I, one thing. Oh, go ahead, Sal.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, and I think supporting our local businesses and our local farmers and ranchers when we can too. You know, because they're they're the ones struggling worse than anybody right now. You know, I can probably work from home for a couple weeks if I need to, or we can make phone calls and and communicate with our webcams and Zoom conferences and all that. But these local businesses that require people to walk in and buy products and goods or services are the ones that are, I think, going to be hurting for a little while.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard, you know, about people trying to figure out, you know, I mean, as far as like the markets go, people are sitting there with, you know, cattle to sell or something. And, you know, or, you know, whether it's kind of more commercial type deal or it's a bull sale or, you know, what have you, people are sitting there like with, with something that they have to sell and trying to decide, well, do I just go ahead and bite the bullet and do it knowing that they're worth, you know, 20% less than they were worth a month ago Right. or, you know, or in the case of a bull sale, is anybody even going to show up? Mm -hmm.
1: Because they're afraid they're going to get sick showing up. So, yeah, yeah. So do you hold, I guess the question then is, yeah, do you hold on to inventory and wait for two months and reschedule, or do you go ahead and get rid of it now?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, kind of the way we've approached that is, you know, it does depend on your business and what you can do. Yeah. I mean, people that, you know, that can, you know, maybe you should look at doing that, but, um, you know. I mean, if the inventory has to go, then it has to go. And that's, you know, that's a tough thing to tough thing to swallow and deal with when your paycheck comes once a year.
0: Right, exactly. And I think, I mean, for live inventory, that's one thing. You know, you have to continue to feed those animals for another couple of months, which is an added expense that you weren't counting on. But then what about perishable inventory? Um, you know, you talk about eggs, milk, um, you know, beef on the hook, all that sort of stuff too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, that's just kind of the way, you know, the way markets work. And this is just a testament to how tough this one is, you know, hit us on the nose really.
0: That brings up the next question. This has hit so fast and so hard, you know, from a market standpoint and, you know, a a global standpoint too, I suppose. But how long do you think this kind of a, a a low is going to last? is it going to spring back just as quickly? I know that's a hard thing to say, but what do you think?
2: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, first, so a lot of the buzz, you know, has been around the future side of things. And I think that's the most tangible thing for a lot of people to look at. And it's Can also you
1: quickly to find futures for those yeah. that don't know what futures are.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the, the futures market, um, yeah, is a way for people to sell inventory ahead of time, you know, the, the, like the CME um, Chicago Mercantile Exchange, um, yeah, and a way to a way to offset price risk and hedge, you know, hedge different inventory. Um, basically, it's it's kind of a market consensus of what prices will be in the future, and so that's really what I'm referring to when I'm talking about the futures collapse and is uh, what's you know, what the market is anticipating, you know, for instance, fed cattle prices or feeder cattle prices being in, you know, August, for instance. Um, so as far as that goes and you know, to the, to the discussion earlier about emotions, that's really where, where the emotion has t- been taken over. And, you know, I mean, people, the prices that people are actually selling livestock for have gone down, but not nearly as much as the future's.
0: And, and why do
2: you think that is? Uh, it, it's emotion driven. And, you know, so we think that that's, um, you know, and what the futures are trying to do is anticipate, you know, how bad is, is this going to hit demand? How bad it's going to hit the consumer? How much is, you know, beef demand going to pull back? Um, and that's what it's, what it's trying to do. And, you know, that's kind of the function of the market is to price in the worst news you know, when things are bad or price in the best news ahead of time when things are good. And so we think that, you know, I mean, it's hard to say, but we think we've priced in enough in terms of, you know, getting getting low enough that, um, you know, we don't see a whole lot more downside, um, you know, potentially from these areas. But that's,
0: that's encouraging to hear. Which, which, and, and I'm sure all of our listeners are going to hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They might come knocking at yeah. your door if something else happens.
2: Yeah. Well, have you heard the story about the two-handed economist?
1: No, no. I haven't.
2: Yeah. Well, they've got, um, you know, they always have two hands because it's on one hand, well, and the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> and they also have lots of butts. <laughs> Funny looking people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah
1: <laughs> well patrick thank you for joining us this week and before we um take off we want to know where do we go from here and how does agriculture respond to the coronavirus
2: well i mean i think like we kind of talked about really just try to try to hang on and you know manage manage around this um you know and recognize that it's not the you know it it shouldn't be the end of the world. Um, that, yeah, that, uh, prices aren't going to go to zero, um, is kind of the, the bottom line. Um, and I think as far as how we respond, we just need to watch and see, you know, see really how, how this does evolve and how long it takes, you know, how much it really slows down the economy, how much it, you know, hurts consumers and how long it takes for us to return to normal commerce. Because that's kind of, you know, really what's going to what's going to drive how, you know, how long this impacts ag economies.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I know we said that was the last question, but I have one more. <laughs> so now that we're in the middle of this and experiencing all this firsthand, do you think that there's anything that producers can do to prepare for something like this in the future? Or is it just ride it out again?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean... And I think that's just kind of, you know, the swings of the market. Um, I think, you know, one thing that is really important is that, you know, when times are good and, um, you know, people, you know, always want to go out and buy, you know, a new F-350 dually, <laughs> um, <laughs> which if the old truck is broken down, then maybe you need to do that. But, you know, look if there's always taking advantage of good times and looking for ways to shore up your business because, you know, in these, Commodity markets there's always you know boom and bust cycles, mm-hmm. so you know I mean really just trying to trying to take advantage of the of the booms
0: and plan for the bust yeah solid advice uh we we really appreciate you joining us today. We had a lot of yeah. fun
2: well thanks for having me me too yeah
0: um we're delighted that you were here, and if um, people are interested in staying more up to date on ag markets and trends, where can they find you, Patrick, if you want to be there? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well right now I'm hiding with uh, you know what's going on in the market <laughs> but uh no and, and maybe we'd be happy to have them come check us out at cattlefacts.com Um we've got plenty of information there where they can kind of get a taste for us
1: perfect well that's we encourage you listeners to um, check out Cattle Facts and um, learn more about what the markets are doing, but but also don't panic. Um, we'll get through this together, and we thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Millennial Ag Podcast. Be sure to rate us on your favorite podcast platform and drop us a line. Tell us what you think, and you can always um, email us, to at katherineatmillennialag.com. Thank you.